Hello, friends. Welcome to Find Hope, Live Well, a show about doing small things to make big changes in your life. I'm Grant Stenzel. My goal is to help you regain hope and walk with you down the path of healing. Through my experience as a licensed clinical professional counselor and former pastor, I enjoy helping individuals and families navigate through mental health issues. Welcome to part two of my series on burnout and self-care. In our last episode, I discussed the excuses we give ourselves for not practicing self-care, the signs of burnout, and how God uses us to minister to others. Let's pick up where we left off. So when I think of being busy, and I think of doing things for God as opposed to being with God, you know, I think of the story of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. You know, Mary and Martha um, had invited Jesus into their home. Martha was running around preparing everything, getting food ready, getting this ready, getting that ready. And Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet just listening to him. And Martha, kind of the hero martyr, came to Jesus and said, Jesus, don't you see that I'm doing all this work? Tell my sister to help me. And, and I love how Jesus answers Martha. And it was out of love. And he said, Martha, Martha. You're worried about so many things. He said, what Mary has chosen is better and it will not be taken from her. And I believe Jesus had compassion on Martha, saying, hey, you're missing the point. I, 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 that's great that you're serving and great you're doing this and great you're doing this, but you're literally missing God. You're missing Jesus in your house by being so busy doing so many tasks. And I think sometimes we can be so busy that we do miss the main point. And that is our relationship with God, and that God loves us. And God doesn't love us more when we serve. God loves us just the way we are. He's proud of us when we serve, and he, he enjoys us serving so, for our joy. But he loves us no matter what. In Luke chapter 5, he writes this, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. You see, even Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Perfect One, didn't heal everyone. He didn't do all the ministry he could have done. He could have fed more people. He could have healed more people. He could have preached to more people. So why didn't he? Well, I think first he, he modeled how ministry should be done. And second, he was connected to his relationship with God. He, he went to lonely places and prayed. He spent time with God. And so Jesus withdrew from the ministry, and he went along to be with God, his Father, to, to connect with God and to connect to the source and connect to his relationship with his Father. And he was built up, and he was encouraged, and he got his energy and was able to recharge and go back and minister. You know, we need to understand that God is way more interested in having a relationship with you than he is in what you can do for him. Let me say that again. God is way more interested in having a relationship with you than he is in what you can do for him. See, God loves you as you are, not as you're supposed to be. Do you know that he knows everything about you and loves you and cares for you? And just like Mary and Martha, he wants both of you just to sit at his feet and learn and take his yoke upon you. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He wants you to slow down and spend time with him. In John 15, it talks about abiding in the vine as being connected to God, and that's where the power is. 
So where are you in this? Are you growing with the Lord? Are you casting your cares on him? Are you spending time with Jesus? Or are you so busy doing ministry for God that you're not spending time with God? In Exodus, God writes this, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And on it you shall do no work, neither you nor your son nor daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is in the top ten. This is in the Ten Commandments. God is so serious about rest. Isn't that crazy? You know, God commands us not to commit adultery or to murder or to steal, but he also commands us to rest. So here, Jesus modeled it with going away with God. Here, God the Father modeled it in the beginning as he rested. You see, all of God's commandments are to protect and to provide. They're not to keep us from things that may harm us. It may not, it's not to take the fun out of life. It, it's to keep us safe and to provide for us. You see, having a Sabbath is in the top 10, and God is serious about this commandment. I think oftentimes as we read the Gospels and we read about the Pharisees taking the Sabbath too far, you know, you couldn't walk so far, you couldn't heal, you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that. And I think sometimes when we read the Gospels, we think, oh, well, Jesus didn't take the Sabbath seriously. And that's not true at all. Jesus took the Sabbath seriously, but he wanted the Pharisees to balance out is that he didn't want them to take it so seriously that they missed the point. That they had made so many rules that it was no longer restful. And he was saying, it's okay to do good on the Sabbath. So where are you on this? Do you have a day of rest? Do you have a day separate to the Lord? And I would ask you, how could you start having rest? Now, the goal is to have a 24-hour Sabbath. And that may not be possible. You know, you might be a busy mom. You might be a, a busy pastor. You may be a busy single dad. And you have kids and you have work and you have this and that and the other thing. I, I understand that. And it's hard. And so I would say, can you do a two-hour Sabbath? You know, it's not going to kill your kids to, to be in front of a screen for two hours or to trade off babysitting with someone else or to, to figure something out where you can just take two hours and rest. Perhaps pray and spend time with God or read or just take a walk or get out in nature. Can you start on a weekly basis finding rest? Maybe two, three, four hours and then increasing that and then getting to a, a goal of once a week of having an entire day of rest and relaxation. And rest and relaxation can look different for different people. For instance, gardening. My wife loves gardening. And for her, gardening is Sabbath because it refreshes her and she enjoys it. For me, not so much. I, I, I don't mind helping her, but me helping her in the garden is definitely not me Sabbathing because I don't find it relaxing. I don't find it fun. You know, I could actually could play basketball or I could ride my bike or I could longboard. And that would be Sabbath for me because that renews me. I, I enjoy it. 
And so it doesn't mean you have to like just sit down the whole day. You can be active, you can do things, but the goal is to, to rest your soul as well as reconnect with God. In 1 Corinthians 1, Paul writes this, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world, the despised things and the things that are not, to nullify things that are, so that no one may boast before him. I think it's important to understand that God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. It is all about God, and he will not share his glory. God, again, doesn't need us, but God calls us into ministry and helping other people for their sake. And he wants to use us. And I think so part of self-care and part of not getting burnt out is to realizing our role and realizing what our position is and that God is ultimately in charge and God is ultimately the power to this. But can we have a humility about ministry of giving glory to God as well as giving him blame in some ways? I mean, giving, you know, not to be proud when people do well and not to, not to, you know, take shame when people don't. It's between God and the person you're ministering to, whether they grow or not. You know, that reminds me of a time I worked at a church in um, central Illinois. And I was a youth, a junior high youth pastor and I had about 80, 90 kids in my youth group at the time. And it was the first and probably last time that I did not want to speak. I have the fear of not public speaking, honestly. I love public speaking. It is, is my favorite. It gives me joy and it energizes me. But for some reason, I was just carnal in a bad mood. And I showed up and I was just going to mail it in. And so I got up in front of these kids and it was the gospel presentation. And I was, I was presenting the gospel of God, you know, Jesus Christ. And I, I did not do it well. I'm sure I still explained that God loved them and that they were sinful and that they needed Christ to forgive them. But I'm sure it was the worst gospel presentation I had ever made. And honestly, I had a, a terrible attitude about it. And I remember it's a Baptist church, so you have to do an altar call. And I remember, you know, saying, well, you know, if anyone wants to become a Christian, anyone wants to come to Christ, come back to my office, which was right off the youth room. And I literally in my head was like, you know, this is great. I'm going to have 10 minutes of silence and solitude and I can rest. And I got back to my office and there were 17 kids in my office to minister to others. I actually was kneeling on my desk because there was no room in my office. And I actually paused and looked up and I said, God, I get it. And that was a moment that I believe God orchestrated and used to, to remind me that it's not about my power. It's not about my strength. It's not about how great I am or good I am. It's about his. Now, since then, I have been very careful to always prepare for my talks and, and pray through my talks and, and work as hard. But I think that moment taught me that it was all about him. It was about his power and his glory. And God uses me in spite of myself not because of myself. And humility is going to definitely help you not get burnt out versus pride. Matthew Henry writes in a commentary, the best qualified and most faithful ministers have a just sense of their own in this sufficiency and are very desirous that God should have all the glory of their success. So I would ask, where are you on this? Do you think you need to be perfect to do ministry? Are you growing in the understanding of the gospel yourself? Do you understand that God loves you the way you are, not the way you should be? That he forgives all of your sins? 
There is no cleaning up. There is no earning his salvation. You know, oftentimes we, we keep thinking it's, 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 it's the cross plus being good. It's just the cross. Because even our, our best actions are like filthy rags and they're, they're not impressing anyone, especially God. You know, a man came up to Jesus and said, what do I need to do to enter the kingdom of heaven? He said, believe in the one he sent. So do you understand the gospel that Jesus Christ died in your place for your sins? He loves you. He cares for you. But he wants to take your punishment on him for the forgiveness of sins that God sees you as perfect and as righteous and your sins are paid for. And our relationship with God is now based on a a right relationship, not because of anything we've done, but because what have Jesus has done. And so obviously, as we're ministering in humility, do you give God the glory when you do ministry? That's our show for today. Come back next time where I'll be discussing the powerful role that prayer plays in our lives and the ability to minister and how no one can do ministry alone. That's going to do it for today's episode. Visit stenzoclinical.com backslash news for helpful tips on parenting, relationships, managing anxiety, battling depression, and more. You can also find us on social media with the handle at stenzoclinical. If you enjoyed our show, please be sure to leave a review. As always, thank you for listening.